It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 4th, 2020. My name is Phil Foster. I'm the site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. on Twitter, at PhilBar underscore on today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about a, a draft rumor that actually came out. A little bit about the draft is we're now two weeks away from the NBA draft taking place. Very exciting stuff. We're also going to have part one of my conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports as we begin to dive into what the Magic are going to do this offseason. We get into a whole bunch of topics, so on this episode as well as tomorrow's episode, be sure to listen to our, th- to our thoughts on what the Magic need to do and the direction they need to go. It's going to be a, a very good conversation indeed. So the next two episodes will be big if you're locked on Magic fans. But before we dive into any, any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only expect from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, say, the Atlanta Hawks? They've done a great job covering the draft. Check out Locked On Hawks. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we dive into our conversation with Keith Smith, we have a rumor to discuss. Uh, the Magic are not very keen on rumors. They're not a big team that leak stuff to the media. They don't use the media. I mean, uh, if anything, uh, we can accuse this Magic front office of being too airtight. Um, they keep they keep a lid on everything, and they don't, you know, they're, they're, they're nice. I mean, I'm not saying they're, they're mean people. They're, they're good people. Um, but they don't play that game through the media. It's probably why Jeff Weltman was named one of the more trustworthy GMs in the league or trustworthy executives in the league during that, during that athletic poll that came out a few weeks ago. Um, the, I think the person, the, the executive or the agent quoted in, in, that, in that poll said, I don't think Jeff Weltman's ever lied to me. And honestly, I think, that's a, I think that's a very positive sign. I think that's how you build good relationships with player representatives and how you do eventually get free agents because those guys do have some influence on where, te- where players go throughout the league. Um, but this Magic team just doesn't offer a lot. I mean, we're, we're sitting here on draft, uh, two weeks before the draft, pretty blind about what the Magic want to do. Um, you know, the only other reporting that we got, um, there are two pieces of reporting that we've gotten. One was that New York Knicks rumor that the Magic, that the Magic had an interest in Dennis Smith Jr. That felt like a remnant of a rumor from the trade deadline. Um, and then a report that Kira Lewis Jr., the point guard from Alabama, interviewed with the Orlando Magic or would have an interview with the Orlando Magic. Again, that's the only draft prospect that we know with any kind of certainty the Magic have looked at. They've surely done more. They've surely talked to guys over Zoom. They may have very well had a few guys in for individual workouts here in Orlando at the Amway Center, uh, as, as teams have been allowed to do that um, with some very tight restrictions in place. But the Magic just haven't been involved in a lot of rumors. We just don't know what they're going to do. And so if it sounds like we're not talking a lot about what the Magic want to do, it's, it's simply because we don't know. I mean, we've done a lot of draft prospect review. We've, we've tried to kind of edu- try and educate you and educate myself too 
on who these prospects are and what they can do and how they would fit in with the Magic and their overall philosophy. But we just don't know what direction they want to go. And so, yes, I have been trying to cover the gamut. We've covered guys at the top of this draft. We've covered guys that would be available for the Magic at number 15. But here comes the first real piece of juicy news that we might have about the Orlando Magic. And I'll explain why I'm both skeptical and certain that it's real. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer posted his latest mock draft, his updated mock draft now with two weeks to go. He has the Orlando Magic taking Tyrese Maxey of Kentucky with the 15th overall pick. You can hear my thoughts about him on, I believe it was Monday's episode of Locked On Magic. But he added this nugget too. He said league executives or league sources told him the Magic are among the teams that are looking to trade up into the lottery in this draft. And that makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of guys that are going to probably go in the 8 to 12 range that are probably more to the Magic's liking, or they, if the Magic want to guarantee they get one of those guys, they're probably going to have to move up to the 8-12 to 12 range. And I've been pretty steadfast about this. If I'm the Magic, I would rather trade into the 8-12 to 12 range than to the 2-3-4 range. I think the guys that, you know, at least in mock drafts are being shown that are available at the 8-12 to 12 range are, are much better fits for the Magic and much more worth the risk than trading for the top-level guys like Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball. I'm just, I'm personally just not sold on those guys. As I've said throughout the course of this draft process, if the Magic believe any of those guys are their guy and are the guy they want to build around, they should go get him. No questions asked. Just get it done. Go get your guy. And, and I think that's ultimately what you have to do in the draft. Go get your guy. Um, you know, again, if you think he, this, that one of those guys is a star, the price doesn't matter. Go get him. Um, I, I don't think we're there. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's where this team is sitting right now. Um, but that that's you know certainly that's certainly part of the strategy I think uh, for the Magic and what they have to consider. Um, but let's let's break this rumor down a little bit. The Magic want to move into the lottery, and obviously there are guys that that, that the Magic would want. Whether it's Devin Vassell, who's expected to be a top ten pick, whether it's Aaron Neesmith, who's been all over the board. We've seen him. I think I've seen him in the top ten. I think I've seen him uh, dropping all the way down to the twenties. Um, you know, guys like. You know, Tyrese Maxey might be available at 15. He might climb up. There's there's just a wide range of where guys could fall. You know, you could look at uh, players who've, who've begun to slip through the cracks a little bit because they had poor years after high school and R.J. Hampton and Cole Anthony. Those guys could be available at 15. They'll still certainly be available at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Um, those are kind of the areas where the... Honestly, I think the area where the Magic are targeting. So then you got to start looking at, okay, well, who's the trade partner? Who would the Magic trade with? Obviously, we already had that rumor with the New York Knicks, and and the Knicks seemingly being interested in moving off of the eighth pick and even moving back. But the question is, well, what else do the Knicks have to offer? Are you really going to give up Aaron Gordon? And do the Knicks really want Aaron Gordon? And 15 for eight, is someone at eight that good? Is there anything else New York could give you to sweeten the deal? And and, and the answer is, there really isn't a lot New York could give you. I mean, is, is Wayne Ellington going to tip it tip tip you over the top? I mean, is, is the, again, is the eighth pick really worth all that capital. And, and it might be. And if it is, go for it. Absolutely go for it. Um, there is the potential for a deal with the Knicks, but I, I am personally a little bullish and, and feel that it's unlikely that the Magic have anything of value that would get them to move off of eight um, that the Knicks want. I mean, do the Knicks really need Aaron Gordon with all the guys that they have? I mean, obviously, Scott Perry has just collected a bunch of former Magic players like Alfred Payton but and Mario Azoni at one point, but I'm not sure that that is, that is I don't, I'm not sure that there's a framework for a deal. And I often talk about that. You know, whether a deal gets done or not um, is, you know, often tips on, on very small things. But the important thing, is there a framework for a deal? When we talk about Golden State, whether a deal with Golden State for number two happens or not, there is a framework for a deal. 
a deal that is Nikola Vucevic or Aaron Gordon for the second and the 15th pick for the second pick and Andrew Wiggins, you need a little bit more to get there. You need a little bit more to make it work. But that's a deal that seems to make sense for both sides and seems to have you know, at least some grounding in reality. Now, again, that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but the framework is there. You could start a discussion based off that framework. And obviously, that's, that's a, a big piece of the puzzle. So the next team that I would look at is Atlanta at number, at number 10, I believe. Uh, or sorry, Atlanta at number, at number 6. Um, that's a potential for the Magic to move way up. The Hawks are a team that is looking to move out of the draft or move down in the draft. They're looking for veteran help because they think they can make the playoffs this year. The last thing that they need, and maybe not the last thing, but they are less keen to take on another rookie and develop another young player um, than to move move down in the draft maybe, try and get a veteran asset, and try and, 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 try and get a player that's going to help them win now. A lot of people have suggested, I've seen some people suggest that, you know, maybe that's a good landing spot for Evan Fournier. In fact, I think that would be a great landing spot for Evan Fournier. I think Evan Fournier would thrive in that Hawks system. I think the Hawks would benefit from having Evan Fournier, even if they decide to resign him to a four-year deal. That's four years that you can spend seasoning, getting more experience. And obviously, the, the clock is ticking on Trey Young a little bit. But if Evan Fournier continues to produce, if you think that he can produce better in that kind of secondary role alongside Trey Young, um, then maybe he ret- maybe he retains his value better. But here's the, here's the thing about Atlanta. If Atlanta really wants Evan Fournier, they don't have to trade with the Magic to get him. They can just sign him outright. They have the cap room to do it. And so I, I find it unlike, and, and you know, we're not idiots here. If the Hawks want Evan Fournier, they'd find a way to tell his agent, hey, we will sign Evan Fournier. This is what we're, you know, this is maybe the range we're thinking and let Evan Fournier decide whether to opt in or out. He doesn't, the Hawks don't have to do anything to get Evan Fournier. And again, like, we're not idiots. That kind of stuff happens. It has, to, it has to happen. That's the only way some of these deals get done as quickly as they do. Um, so again, maybe there's a framework there. But I find it very increasingly unlikely that unless the Magic are getting a player that they really believe in at, num- at, that, at that pick, I find it unlikely that Orlando would willingly give one of their top players to their chief competition for the eight seed. Um, as much as divisions don't matter anymore, that kind of stuff does. It is very difficult to trade with teams that are sort of competing for the same thing. The Magic and the Hawks are both competing for the 7 and 8 seed in the Eastern Conference in 2021. Beyond that, they'll be competing for pecking order in the Eastern Conference. If the Magic are successful as they think they're going to be, they don't want to help the Hawks be just as successful or put the Hawks in a position to be successful. So I I doubt there's a framework for a deal with Atlanta. Another team that I was looking at um, was Phoenix at number 10. I think that there's a framework for a deal there. We obviously heard at the trade deadline, or there's widely reported the trade deadline, that the Magic had discussed an Aaron Gordon for Kelly Oubre swap, and that depending on which report you read, it was the Magic that walked away from it. They didn't feel comfortable with the deal. Well, maybe Phoenix adding the 10th pick, maybe swapping 10 for 15, uh, is a way to make that make sense for both sides. Again, maybe you have to add a little bit more, but the framework for a deal is there. Um, you know, being, again, Phoenix feels they're probably much closer to the playoffs than they think. They don't really need another young player. If they can add a veteran that can help them get over the top, with Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiden, I mean, I think there's a little bit of pressure in Phoenix to make the playoffs, you know, sooner than later. Devin Booker is just starting his extension, so his clock is ticking a little bit, and he's obviously begun to blossom into a star. I think that that there's definitely a framework for a deal with Phoenix at the 10th pick. I think that that is a pick that if the Magic wanted to trade up, that's probably where they go. And again, it's probably Aaron Gordon for Kelly Oubre or, or, or building off of those trade discussions that, you know, again, 
regardless of whether how close they were to that deal in February, those discussions have already been had. And I know Ubre's coming off an injury, um, but there's certainly there's, those, those discussions probably never stop. They certainly probably continue on uh, as the Magic begin to 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 examine what comes next for them. After that, it gets, starts to get pretty dicey. You know, do you trade to Sacramento at number at number eleven or number twelve? Do you trade with San Antonio at number eleven? You know, are are those teams gonna want what the Magic are giving? And are those te- and is moving up just that little bit gonna get you the guy that you really want? And is it worth the cost to go get those guys to to, to give up something to make sure you get those guys? Those are the real questions that the front office is asking. Again, the Magic are certainly interested in trading up. I have no doubt about that. Um, you know, as much as I think that this draft isn't particularly strong at the top, there are guys that the Magic need to make sure that they're in the running for. There are guys in this draft that, you know, at least I have rated as guys that would really help this team fit the Magic's, not, not necessarily culture, but fit the Magic's, you know, ideal vision of themselves as well as advance this team forward. Uh, and so they absolutely need to, they absolutely need to uh, look at and, and see if they can move up in this draft and see what the cost is of doing so. This is all due diligence. Frankly, you know, I'm not 100% certain that this this rumor came from the Magic. Uh, you know, the Magic don't talk to anyone, it's, it feels like. Um, they don't they don't tip their hand. It's very likely that everyone senses the Magic are team ripe for change, and it could be very much so that a third team is saying, hey, you know, we've been talking with the Magic. They want to move up. They want to move up to us, and whether that's true or not, who knows? This is disinformation season. There is a lot of stuff going around that isn't necessarily true among NBA front offices right now. Everyone's trying to gain an edge, and this is, you know, this is literally a game of 3D chess. Everyone is trying to position themselves in the best place and best position they can to to get what they want. Um, So again, take everything with a grain of salt. Certainly you can see there are frameworks in place, and, and it's certainly very, very possible that a deal can happen. Whether the match ultimately pull the trigger on that deal, whether those frameworks are merely fan speculation and and surmising or something that's real, that's something that's gonna gonna be determined here in the next two weeks. We'll begin our conversation with Keith Smith and dive into more of these issues in the offseason coming up here in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. You've probably heard me talk about them a whole lot on the show. They've been a longtime sponsor of the program. And, you know, typically, you know, you do these ad reads and they say, you know, ad lib something at the top. I'm looking at the copy and, and, and this one doesn't really say that, but, but, they, but they mean it. But I've given this spiel numerous times. Like, you know, you, you wouldn't hear me give something from the heart like this if, if I didn't really believe it. I am not a protein bar guy. I am not someone who's very understanding of, of how to work out and how to work out effectively. Um, I am not someone that, that understands these things kind of, you know, to the letter. Um, I, I fully admit that. I've tried protein bars in the past and didn't really know what I was buying. Most of them are meal replacement bars. Most of them are these chalky cardboard granola bars that nobody likes and nobody likes to eat. But Built Bar is completely different. When when I first read the ad copy and I hadn't tried to try it yet, I was still waiting for the for my original sample to come in. I was like, oh, it's a, you know another another protein bar. You know, tastes like a candy bar. That's great. Then I got my hands on it. I ate ate a few of them and I was like, this is really good. I would actually buy more of these. I have actually bought more of these. Built Bar is literally a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is not a meal replacement bar. It is a snack bar that gives you all the protein and nutrients you need to get through your day and keep, you know, either building muscle after a workout or to give you the energy to get to the end of the day. You got to run through that tape as it says. 
Built Bar is even more delicious than ever, coming in 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, caramel brownie, and apple almond crisp, plus their original flavors that include German chocolate, banana bread, mint brownie, and double chocolate. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets, and come in amazing flavors that, again, are all less than 200 calories, many of them less than 180 calories. Again, this is not a meal. This is protein in a snack form. It's great. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And whenever we need help with the salary cap, the offseason transactions, or, or anything else, we turn to our pal Keith Smith. Keith, the savior of the NBA, as, as everyone is, is <laughs> calling him now apparently these days. Uh, how, how have you been, man? It's been a while since we chatted. I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, I miss you guys. I miss uh, you know watching a little bit of warm-ups, eating dinner, and then going and watching a game together. I w- wish we could get back to those days sometime soon. Yeah, we will. Hopefully, we'll have those days again. Uh, I, I don't know if it'll be this year. I, I'd imagine that if they're trying to play games in home stadiums, that they'll allow media in, like they did with the with the bubble, and it'll be a little, you know, maybe traveling media won't be there, but home media for the testing. I, I don't, I don't know. They'll they'll probably stick us up in the loge. That's that's for sure. We we will not we will not be <laughs> yeah. courtside. I, I know that. I know that for for dang sure. And and you know, as long as the ice cream machine is is, is there. Um, I, I mean, I guess that's the first place to start. Um, you know, we, you know, we heard from Jonathan Isaac uh, in a press conference today. He's the Magic's team rep. You know, he seemed pretty optimistic that that the league would be able to find a compromise with the players and get something done, and that there that seemed to suggest at least at the very least that the relationship is still pretty good. He said he he. Um, we're recording this on Monday, so maybe something's changed by the time I air this, but. He said that he was going to have he was going to get on a meeting with the rest of the players to kind of update them on where things are at. Of course, Isaac is pretty low on the totem pole of NBA uh, NBA union officials. He's just <laughs> yeah. a player rep for the Magic. But where where do things stand right now as far as when the season's going to begin and the timeline of things that are going to happen? Obviously, we know the draft is November eighteenth, but beyond that, everything just feels so up in the air. Yeah, I mean, we still kind of don't know. As you said, you know, here Monday uh, afternoon, November 2nd, what we do know is um, they've extended the, uh, it's kind of sort of a mutual opt-out thing um, to November 6th. It's not exactly that, but it is, you know, that's what they're saying like all right that that's the next kind of key date on the calendar if we haven't reached an agreement by november 6th then maybe force majeure comes into play maybe they you know tear up the cba or whatever but but i I don't think it'll get quite to that i think the relationship is too good between the two sides for it to get quite to that level so i think what then we know is the the nba draft is on november 18th 
after that, it's as good as anyone's guess. We don't know when the season's going to start. We don't know when free agency is going to open. We don't know when any of that stuff is coming. So I think what we are ultimately going to see here is hopefully by the end of this week, we're going to see them kind of get together on some numbers and get some things uh, figured out, get some dates sorted, and then we'll see free agency. My guess continues to be it'll open right around December 1st, shortly after the Thanksgiving holiday. And then they, um, and then the season will start sometime, let's call it Christmas-ish, um, in that range. Yeah, that seems to be the direction things are going. The, the, the league and the owners are obviously pushing for a Christmas start because they want the 72-game schedule. They, you know, and, and there's, there's plenty of incentive for the players to accept the 72-game schedule as well, and, and they want the marquee day, even if it means... You know, I mean, honestly, like, I, I, you hate to say it, but LeBron still controls a lot of this league. Um, he's mm-hmm. not a union, like, representative, or he's not a, a big player in the union, but, you know, he is the best player in the world. And if he says, you know, if y'all want to start on Christmas, that's great. I'll play on Christmas, and then I'm taking another month off because I want that yeah. month off. I'm sure the Lakers will be okay without without him for a little while. Um, but, you know, that's, that, that's part of the balance. You know, obviously the NBA has to consider that. I, I'm sure... If he were to do that, you know, and, and that's that's half joking, but uh, he, I'm sure if the if he did that, the NBA would probably want a heads up. Um, you know, they obviously got to still get a schedule out. I don't know if they probably they probably mocked up some schedules. I'd imagine in case in case they have to break glass for emergency. But um, there there is still a lot to get through this offseason before games start playing. And yeah, time is running out um, to to get there. But I think we can all safely assume that by mid January we will have a season beginning. Uh, and, and, and so we're kind of in a sprint toward the beginning of the 2021 season in whatever form it looks like. And, you know, I, I, I've been thinking a little bit about this. And so before we get into kind of the transaction stuff that's going to go on, what are the overall effects of of having a, the season start so quickly? I mean, you're looking at, for, guy, for, for teams that went deep in the playoffs, you're looking at a, an offseason that's only, what, two, two and a half months long. Um, you're looking at a training camp, and, and this is where I think it's really, really big, you're probably looking at a training camp that's only what two, three weeks long. It's it's mm-hmm. going to be a really rushed process, and and I think that's going to have a major effect on play, especially early in the season. And honestly, I think it's going to have an effect on what teams decide to do in the off season. I, I would, if I were to guess, and you could tell me if if my guess here is wrong or not, with a shortened training camp and a shortened time to integrate new players, I think we might see teams be a little bit more hesitant to make moves and make trades this off season you know, valuing continuity perhaps to kind of hit the ground running and, and maybe try and steal a playoff bid or, or steal steal some victories early on to instead of instead of trying to make kind of the big changes that a lot of teams think they or a lot of people thought they might have made anyway. Yeah, I think that's perfectly fair. I think <clears throat> excuse me, especially for those teams that are established um playoff teams, I think you're gonna see them more or less kind of run it back. I think some of the teams that are that are, you know, on the lower end of the league that are looking to be, you know, they're, they're kind of in a full rebuild, like the Detroit Pistons. I think they can make wide scale changes because they're probably not going to be good anyway. So it doesn't really matter for, for a team like that, but, but for a team like, like the Lakers or the heat or the Celtics, you're not going to see big changes likely because a lot of what they're doing is let's just get, get guys back, get them healthy. And then the other thing I think that we're going to see in that first, let's call it um, three weeks to a month of the season, I think you're going to see teams somewhat treat that a little bit like training camp because I don't think we're going to get preseason games in. Or if we do, it's probably going to be like two 
per team. They'll probably be regionalized. Like it'll probably be the Celtics. It'll be like, the, it'll be like, it'll be like the 99 season. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be remember that, my, that 99 season. The, the magic played a home and home with the heat. Yeah. Yep. And that's probably exactly what we'll see is a little bit of a regional preseason. Um, just that way some guys can get out there and play a little bit. Then I think they'll treat those first three, four weeks as almost a little bit like preseason. And you, you hit the nail on the head with the Lakers, the Heat, the Celtics, the Nuggets. Those teams went deep into the playoffs. So those guys are coming back with a pretty short break. You're talking really only a month and a half um, from the start, from the end of the season in the bubble to the start of training camp. So that's that's pretty tough um, for for those guys. That, that's you know extremely short. It's kind of it's it's kind of what I was talking with some guys and like it's almost kind of like treating it like spending the summer playing internationally. And then you come back, you jump right in, and you're right on, right on into it. Now it's funny with the lack of preseason. I know several coaches are thrilled. They hate the preseason games. They'd rather not have any. So they're they're pretty excited about that. But it is just going to be very, um, you know, interesting to monitor and see where this goes as far as how it affects roster building. Because I think you could see see a lot of teams say, you know what, we're going to prioritize just run it back. You know, health, continuity, that's what, what our focus is going to be. But you're going to have a couple teams that are going to say, you know what, the opportunity is too good right now to go get a player that we wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Let's jump on this and try to make a big move now, you know, which that always makes for, you know, a fun, interesting offseason. Yeah, I mean, with and free agency obviously was going to be a huge factor of this this year. There aren't a lot of teams with cap room. There aren't a lot of teams. There aren't a lot of, like, marquee players on the market um, and so it, it did feel like this was going to be a year or an offseason at least where there are a ton of trades. This draft, especially not being particularly strong at the top or seeing at least the Timberwolves and the Warriors give off some signal that they're open to trading and open to moving around. We're seeing a lot of teams that feel like they're willing to move up and down, which could mean we see a lot of moves or could mean we see none. Um, you know, who knows at this point? As, as So I think we'll get a, a flavor of what this offseason is going to be like on draft line. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You, know, you brought up that, that point about, you know, teams at the bottom, you know, what this, what this season is pro- probably wasn't going to mean much to them. So they'll probably act as they would have anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, the teams at the top, you know, probably valuing continuity, thinking, okay, we could just run this back and and still compete and have a chance to win. And if we don't, you know, we'll we'll kind of reset ourselves for 2021. The Magic are kind of stuck in the middle, uh, and and the Magic are, you know, there's there's a lot of calls from fans to kind of use this year as a soft reset and kind of start shuffling the roster around. And there's, you know, at least some thought that, you know, or at least I mean, maybe this is something that maybe only I argue, but. You know, this is still a playoff team, and, and I don't think that the Magic want to completely give up on the postseason. And if the market suddenly tightens up when they thought that, you know, we might be able to make some moves, then all of a sudden it starts looking like, you know, maybe you hang on for another year, see if see if Aaron Gordon finally makes the leap with Jonathan Isaac out there, uh, out, out of the lineup, and maybe make your move at the deadline. First off, before we kind of get into what the Magic should do, you know, 
where do the Magic stand right now? Um, you know, they've made the playoffs in, in the last two seasons. They, you know, certainly were more excited about the 2019 playoffs than the 2020 playoffs. I think by all measures, the 2020 season was not as good as 2019 or not as successful. Um, but this is still a team that has some interesting young pieces, but but seems to have also hit its ceiling. It's they, they seem to be in a very weird spot. Yeah, not not to um, you know overuse the uh, the obvious Disney um, tie here, <laughs> but it is a tale as old as time, right? It, it feels like with the magic, like they're kind of constantly just stuck in this like uh, where are we um, range now. Now I do I, I you you know I there might not be outside of true Magic fans a bigger Jonathan Isaac fan than me, you know I love his game I think he's absolutely fantastic but we know now he's going to be out for probably the entirety of the season if not likely almost the whole thing but I assume he's probably pan, out the whole pandemic season. pan pandemic pandemic you know. Uh, assuming there's no new pandemic yeah. that delays the season for another three months. Like he's probably out for 2021. Yeah. Like very, very likely. Um, you know, I think Markel Fultz, though, I think he took uh, some big strides forward and I think he, he looked pretty good this year at points. I, I know people wanted him to, you know, take even bigger steps forward, but I think the fact that he was able to make it through the entire season um, and looked pretty good most of the time, I think that's really important. I think Nikola Vucevic kept up the um, solid play from last year. Not quite an all-star, but still very good. Um, Evan Fournier had one of his better seasons. I think Aaron Gordon was the guy who was probably the biggest disappointment for me um, outside of anybody health-related. He didn't kind of become anything more than what he's been, and at times I think that um, you know he, he was more hurt than he let on at various points in the year. And I think that really impacted his game. So I think this off season, if you're looking at it there, there's a sense around the league kind of to what you said is, has this team with this group taken it as far as they can? Yeah. Are, are the magic looking at it and saying, you know what? We're not going any farther. We're not going to have Isaac this year. Um, priority now is Isaac for the future, including maybe a contract extension. Markel Fultz for the future, including maybe a contract extension. So what what happens there? So that that's kind of your um your your uh, big um moments there. And then the rest of it is how does it fit in and around those two guys? And if there is the opportunity, let's move on and let's let's start the rebuild here. Then maybe that's the direction to go. But I I also fully understand after you know so many years without sniffing the playoffs how important it is to continue to be a good competitive team so i don't know that they're i know that's the sense and some are feeling that way i don't know that i necessarily agree that that's where the team is right now that they're going to start you know kind of a i don't want to call it a tear down because they've got pieces in place that would stay but somewhat of a um yeah i think you you said it right like a soft you'll reset a soft rebuild Maybe, but but I don't know because also some of the contracts they'd be moving, they're not the easiest numbers to move without really kind of hampering yourself long term, and that's certainly not something they're going to do. Yeah, and 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 I think on top of all this, you know, like, like you said, like this, this this franchise had been out of the playoffs for so long, and you know, say what you want about being a seven or eight seed, you don't want to be stuck in that ringer. But you know, I, I I tell fans this all the time: if we all objectively agree that the 2020 season was a bad year for the Magic then a bad year where you still make the playoffs isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, 
I think that, you know, everyone gets very title or bust in, in this league, especially on Twitter. Sometimes it's okay if you end up being the Pacers and the Blazers. Now, like you, you don't, you, you obviously want to find a way to, to, to move forward, but you look at the Pacers, they've been a perennial playoff team, you know, flirt with 50 wins almost every year. But they're never. They've never been. A, they they were a title contender maybe for two years with with the with the Paul George Paul George year against the Heat. The yep. Blazers made one Western Conference Finals, but they are a perennial playoff team. They flirt with fifty wins. Some, but sometimes they drop to like forty. Um, but they're always in the mix, and obviously they have a star in Damian Lillard, which makes things a little bit easier. Uh, so I, I I don't necessarily think it's always title or bust, and sometimes just getting you know like people always tell me like the worst place you can be is mediocre, and I'm like no. The worst place you can be is where the Kings and Timberwolves are. No offense to Kings and Timberwolves fans. Um, you don't want to be bad and perpetually bad. So if you're kind of stuck in purgatory, you want to always find a way out. You don't want to box yourself into purgatory. But if purgatory is your floor, then things aren't always that bad. Now, I, I do agree with this, that that the Magic do seem due for a, a little bit of a soft reset. If they're planning to pay Jonathan Isaac, which I'll ask you about in a little bit, um, and pay Markel Fultz, then yes, some of these big salaries have to move. You know, I mean, the Magic should not be a tax team uh, mm-hmm. under any circumstances unless they're competing for a championship. The Magic need to find a kind of starring player, and at some point they're going to have to take a risk, whether it's trading up in this draft to go get someone or waiting waiting for a lottery ball to hit or, or kind of that, that accidental tanking year to, to, to hit. Um, they they got to find someone that can take them up a level or – you know, move on from some players that, yes, have probably helped this, had this team reach their ceiling. And these decisions are not easy because I do think that Jeff Weltman and his philosophy, and and I think this was clear in the in hiring Steve Clifford as their coach, their philosophy is our young players will grow best in winning environments. If we put them in on a team that is competing for the playoffs, that, that is playing meaningful basketball late in the season, that will help these young players grow far more than just throwing them into the deep end and asking them to learn how to swim on their own. That's that's just seems to be the philosophy that this group has. And so I personally, I mean, I know people are really eager to see changes in the offseason. I think we'll see the Magic, you know, definitely do a ton of work and be do have their due diligence done. But I, I tend to think that the Magic will be a little bit more conservative in the offseason, saying we want to maintain a team that's capable of making the playoffs, which I think very clearly they are, even with the expected improvement of the Hawks, mm-hmm. the Bulls, and the Wizards. Um, and if conditions change during the season, then we'll maybe make some moves to to, to tear things down a little bit more clear, clearly. Yeah, and I, I think that's exactly how it's going to go. And I think what they're balancing right now is you're almost kind of living in, in two worlds. And that one world is, all right, we're good enough to make another run at the playoffs, as you said. As presently constructed, you know, Alfred Camino comes back. Um, you know, I know people are a little down on him, but he's not a bad player. You know, he's going to give you a little bit of, he was, I mean, he, he, he's yeah, no, he, like he struggled a ton offensively last year, but you go back and look at his defensive numbers and his defensive tape, his defense was incredible. Like he was an incredibly Mm -hmm. good defender. The magic's defense fell off significantly when Aminu went out. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. So my, my guess is, you know, maybe he moves into the starting five and, and you kind of continue to play just two forwards like they have been. And, you know, there's no real three, no real four. And, you know, and they, they just kind of float. I, I think, um, you know, there's a good chance that uh, they, they bring back a guy like Gary Clark. 
um, who played quite well in the bubble. And, you know, he, he can be another forward there. And, and you've got enough depth. You know, Michael Carter-Williams, maybe he comes back. You, you found a home here. And you can get by. And you're going to be able to be right in the mix for the eight seed because they're already there. Because as much as, you know, people get down on him, Vooch is still very good. Uh, Ross is still one of the best six men in the league. Fournier if he opts in, he's right back into another contract year, kind of even a bigger contract year because the market should be better for him in 2021 than it's going to be this off season. So I think that's big. Um, but then the other part you're balancing is what is the future? Because you could theoretically get to 2021 with relatively cleanish books. You'd have Aminu, Bamba, Gordon, Ross, and Vooch under contract. But you're not going to give up Isaac because you're you're gonna you'll bring him in, uh, you know, or not bring him in, but bring him back. You're probably not giving up on Fultz. So what you'd like to do with those two guys is, and and I think there's a potential there to reach relatively team friendly extensions with each of them because Isaac, let's face it, we're now three years into he's never healthy. You know, he's consistently been injured, and I know these are he will he will have played you know in your four year rookie contract. He will have played only one healthy season in four years. Yeah, um, and, and and I think it's a very I honestly like I think it's a very real question. Do the Magic just take care of the extension now and just say hey say hey we believe in you go rehab without pressure and yeah. just try and wrap him up on a super team friendly deal sort of like what the Warriors did with Steph Curry. Yeah. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac's not Steph Curry. No, but but just yeah. wrap him up now. Just get it done, taken care of. If you really believe in him, because if honestly if you're if you don't and you're willing to let him go to restricted free agency. I think that says something very different that maybe Isaac isn't the guy. Exactly. Yeah. Because and then, then you worry too, because just with the way the market is shaping up for 2021 as a restricted free agent, there are going to be enough teams that will say, you know what, we can throw a $20 million a year offer sheet at Jonathan Isaac and put the magic in a really tough position because Maybe he does get past these injuries. And then he's, you know, a defensive player of the year candidate, a guy who's still, you know, got improving and, you know, getting better offensive game. And, you know, he's still only, what? what is he? I think he's 23, right? Or 23, yeah. Yeah, so yeah 23. He's still really young. So, yeah, so some team will put the magic in a tough spot and say, you know, hey, here's, here's a, you know, you resign him. A team could even do that with Fultz too, where you could have a team say, let's say, let's say the Magic's there. We're not going to do an extension with Fultz. They let it, let the season play out. Let's say he does blossom into a, you know, 17 point eight assists per game guy and takes on a much bigger role. And all of a sudden it's like, wow, this guy looks like the number one pick. Now you're really in trouble because there's, again, there's going to be a bunch of teams with cap space. And some of those teams are positioned where, you know, Marco Fultz would fit really, really nice with, with the team we're building. And they could put the magic in a spot to match even a, a max offer sheet, which is not something they want to do. So so what you you you're right. What they'd like to do is let's get these guys on team friendly extensions. Then while that's handled, we figure out all right, what are we doing with Gordon? What are we doing with Vooch? What's our plan with Fournier long-term after this coming season? And I'm speaking as if he's going to opt in because my belief is he will opt in. Um, I just don't see the market for him. I, this I don't, I don't see, I don't see how Fournier doesn't opt in. I, I think, I think there might've been some thought at one point to say, you know, if you're Evan Fournier, the magic need me, need me more, more than yep. I need them. So let's, let's play chicken. Let's call them out and say, I'm going to opt out. 
if you want to make the playoffs again next year, because you're not going to find a two guard as good as as good as me. And if you do, you're going to have to give up an Aaron Gordon or Nikola Vucevic to get them. Yep. If you really want to make the playoffs again, sign me to a three year deal. Sign me to a four year deal. Yep. You know, three years sixty. You know, up my up my pay a little bit. Um, I could see them doing that kind of chicken, but uh, but you know, like the financial future of the league just got so cloudy that it, it probably makes more sense for Fournier to wait and and play that game next next summer than yeah, it does and, now. And of the cap space teams, it's not that he couldn't help out in Atlanta or Charlotte or even a Phoenix. Um, but it's I just don't know that that's where they're going to want to go for multiple years yeah. for Evan Fournier right now. And, you know, clearly one year with the magic at 17 million and then having his bird rights there and all that is probably preferable than signing, you know, a, a one year or two year deal with one of these other teams. I, I just don't see it, it there. Whereas again, just like for Fultz and Isaac in the summer of 2021, things open up considerably. There's going to be a lot of teams where you could look at and say, wow, Fournier really makes sense, you know, for, for that team that they could really, you know, add him and that, that could be big. And that's where, you know, we, we know if one thing holds constant too, the NBA will change. It will yes. look different, you know, a year from now, as it does, does right now that there, there will be, you know, teams we think and, are going to have cap space and are going to be bad will be good teams with cap space. The teams that are, you know, we think are going to be good will be bad. We, we just know that's going to be how. And, 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 and in Fournier's case too, a lot of things could change for him. Like he's, I mean, he, like we were, we, uh, we'll talk a little about Nikola Vucevic's trade value, but it feels like this is the best trade value you'll ever get for Nikola Vucevic coming off those playoffs. If we're going to go yep. by recency bias, if you're Evan Fournier, this is as bad as it could be for Evan Fournier because he, for the second straight year, really struggled in the playoffs. Now there are obviously reasons why Fournier struggled in the post in the playoffs this year with the, with what happened to him in the, in the bubble, but still it, it, it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth and he has to go out and prove himself again. And on top of that, you know, if he waits till next summer, he could, you know, depending on when free agency ends up being, he could probably have a FIBA Fournier showcase as well that gets exactly. him back, back on people's radar. So there's, yep. there's definitely, uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to weigh on both, on both sides of the Fournier equation. And, and that will end part one of our conversation with Keith Smith. We'll have the next part coming up on tomorrow's episode. We talk about the injuries, about the managed draft options what they should be looking for in the trade market, and even a little bit about what the future of the NBA is going to look like and where the Magic stand as they try to find their place in, in the future of the league and build their team as, as, they, as, they try, as they do at the still somewhat early age. But that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. I hope this at least took you a little bit away from watching numbers and watching you know paint dry on the wall that that is the election right now, but uh, it is what it is. Um, I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. The Orlando Magic Daily Mailbag is up on the site now for your wonderful, wonderful reading, uh, to, again, to distract you from all the craziness of the world. We'll talk a little bit about that later on in the week as well. Do some, do go through some of those mailbag questions as well. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Phil Frostman Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.